Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Years, for um, Friday. Yeah, I'll do. I'm here with Connor. Nice one. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about, do you feel in control? Also, DeSantis' disastrous campaign announcement, which was a bit awkward. And uh, this is the issue, which I think will actually win the day in England, at least politically. We'll start off just by making an announcement, which is there is a Gold Deer Zoom call after this podcast, uh, 3.30 UK time. So you know, a little bit of a break to go and get your snacks and chicken tenders, and then sit down and join the Zoom call. And if you can't find the Zoom call, we finally have a search function on the website. Just click the little microphone, not microphone, magnifying glass, smooth, Connor, well done, and you should be able to find the link to it if you're a Gold Tier subscriber. So It doesn't fully work, so don't, don't get too excited, but it is there now. But, but two and a half years in, we're, we're making progress. <laughs> don't want to be progressives now, do we? Anyway, let's move on to the subject matter in question. Do you feel in control? So I can't do a bane. It's not going to work. Do you feel in control? <laughs> I, I'm talking, obviously... I say obviously, about the fact that um, a number of companies have been completely destroyed recently by the American right. And that's pretty good. It's a pretty good time. I thought we'd just check them out real quick to remind ourselves that, no, you can actually have a victory every once and again, and it does feel good. But we'll mention something on LotusEars.com first, being the Origins of Intersectionality podcast, because, of course, that's going to be relevant, because it always is when we're talking about intersectionality. So, hey, we're selling intersectional clothes for children so we can tuck their penises in. Why are you doing that? Is this going to be trans, Bane? No, are no. You, are, you, are, you aware, are you aware that Stephen Crowder used to have a skit where he had trans Bane? So no, I wasn't, beaten, actually. He might have been beating you to it, just God ever damn. so slightly. No, Bane in this case is actually the American who sat there just, you know, with the guy with the pride flag just being like, are you sure? Are you sure you're in control? Because <laughs> you're Walsh not. like, nobody cared who I was before <laughs> I put on the beard. Actually, if, you do, if he did do a Bane skit, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, but we'll get into it. We'll start off with Bud Light, of course. The, 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 um... Cucks of the hour. You can see here something I sent to an American friend of mine because I noticed that you can see you can buy Bud Light and then they give you a discount, give you a rebate for buying it. So it's right. only six ninety nine, down from twenty one ninety nine. So they're sat firmly in the hotel chair of yeah. corporate America. They are um, getting cucked super hard, but then it turns out they, were, they weren't happy with being cucked most of the money. They wanted to be cucked all of the money. Saw Tim Paul posting this, which is the. Oh, oh, sorry, there should be another one. Oh no, I got it wrong. No, no, there should be another link in there instead. There's a Timcast link that's missing, in which Tim's pointing out that there's a bunch of places that are now selling it for free. So not even are they content with giving up their money, they're giving up all of the money. Right. Literally all of it. 20 bucks go. off a case of Bud Light that costs 20 bucks. That's how bad it's gotten? This is how the, the comic book industry crashed in the 90s, because they kept overbuying novelty comic covers, and then the companies couldn't send them back, and then they also couldn't shift them off the shelves because they were worthless. So they either got rebates and just burned all the money, or the or the companies folded. So what's going to happen is, rather than the retailers folding, loads of places are just going to stop stocking Bud Light because it's not profitable. It actually costs money to even have it in the place. Yeah, they've got so transport there. What's the point? Like, actual waste of time? I reckon that's why they're getting rid of it for 20 bucks, because it's mm. just like, I kind of need the shelf space for the thing that sells. Yeah. So, makes sense. We'll move forward. Their um, sales haven't been doing well either. I think their sales are down, I think it's 20-something percent now. I mean, you can see this here in the stock price, of course, yeah. getting absolutely munted at the same time, which is um, bad news for them. But good news for us. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. People seem to take this as like, oh, well, you know, there's a debate about whether or not boycotts work or whether it's been worthwhile. No, it really has. And everyone involved should feel some absolute pride about what they've done. Poor choice of words. <laughs> no, we're bringing back pride. American pride instead of cuck pride. So, John, I'm going to send you a link because I uh, forgot to put this in there. But it's a list of the sales and the sales figures. So if you can open that up and then hit open in browser, 
It's a, it's a graph showing the absolute detrimental of sales figures because people don't seem to appreciate just how bad it is for that stock price to fall so much. There you have it. Ouch. That's weekly sales. So, of course, it going into beer drinking season of sunshine, yeah. everyone else is making money. And that's also a couple of weeks behind as well. Yeah, and that should have been where they were uh, with Miller Lite and Coors Light. Also, I don't get why people drink that, but whatever. And instead, they're down, what is it, 30% almost? Yeah. Probably over 30% now in sales when they should be plus 15. So, I mean, that's, that's got to hurt a little bit. It's one of the easiest companies to boycott as well because beer is a non-necessity. So, like, trying to boycott Unilever for their ESG scores and their corporate equality index scores is going to be a soap? lot harder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but something like Ben & Jerry's, that's a, that's another perfectly legitimate target because they want the UK to open its borders. You can do without the ice cream, just buy a different brand that doesn't hate you. That'd be useful. Or just not. Just not. Well, yeah, I don't I, eat it either. But I mean, if I'd, it's not summer, why are you eating ice cream? Lots of sad women need some tub to cry over. <laughs> Anyway, we'll get to the next one here because, of course, Target has now joined the brands. The brands who are going to be destroyed by American Bane. So, this is Target Pride, which a lot of people know about, but. That, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> um, <laughs> that wording, not mine. <laughs> for, for British people who might not know, Target's a crappy store in the United States. So I'm going to say that because, um, let me look at it. And you have here they're selling, well, chest binders and tuck friendly bathing suits for children, as listed by this person here. There's a bit of nuance to this. We'll, we'll see that in a minute. But the main thing in this video is this guy going up to the kids section where you can buy shirts that all talk about how queer your child is. Which obviously, like, I'm not even going to get into the other subjects yet. You can't have a queer child. Not physically possible. If he's, if he's not got a sexuality, he's not queer. Yeah, but they want the child to have a sexuality. Yeah. That's obviously the point. I, I know to bring it back to basics for a minute, but I mean, it really is at this gross. I know it's sort of taken as a norm now to some extent. But of course they want children to be queer. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. One moment. Like, none of this was right. Like, have you seen that Dennis Prager video that popped back up with him and Bill Maher? Oh, where he said that there were tampons in the men's room and Bill Maher was like, no, no, there aren't. Everyone started laughing at him. Yeah. Was like, yeah, yeah, things have moved. Totally vindicated. We need to get back to the pre-Dennis pre Prager getting laughed at position, which but, is... But that won't happen. Queer kids. Because, um, unfortunately, for ages in academia, the idea that you could destabilise a child's gender identity to make them a revolutionary constituency was percolating, and now it's gotten to the culture. So you can't put the genie back in the bottle. you just got to defeat the ideology. Yeah, I think you can put the genie back in the bottle. You're not going to get rid of the ideology, obviously, but you can push it out of the mainstream. Mm. Like, this is not allowed. What this is is America. And things people like in America is God, liberty, and whatever the hell else. Like, pick some other things to have on the clothes. Like, I remember looking back, uh, I think it's adverts, post 9-11, like the short period afterwards, when everyone was like, George Bush is my president, and, and it was a bit weird. You even have, like, Justin Bieber sitting there on Nickelodeon talking about how he's proud to be an American, covered in American flags and stuff. Right, okay, that's another form of... It, it might be a little bit too far, because it went into realms of, I support the NSA... <laughs> yeah, don't 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 mistake your nation for the government institutions that are currently spying on you. But I actually really like it when the the Yanks are kind of cringe and patriotic. Like one of my favourite films is American Sniper, and it's unapologetically American. Mm. Like it's great. So lean into it. That's what Target should be selling. It's mm. like, oh, we have uh, some new clothing for kids. What is it? It's covered with American flags. It just, it just screams liberty or death or something. Um, I thought it would be pretty funny, actually, the child yeah. soldier armies. But <laughs> anyway, getting back into it, because it's not just the queer stuff. They, they also have the tuck stuff, as, as we mentioned. You have um, selling various things. Trans people will always exist. Well, if we're judging by what... I mean, so the, will furries, that doesn't... But, but if we're judging by what the, the transition entails, if we talk about just reproduction inside a generation... So there's a, there's a bunch of tuck swimsuits, 
And apparently these are for adults. They're only in adult sizes. The lady in the video says they're for kids, which has been disputed. Um, right. I'm not sure what the truth is because I don't have a local Target to go check it out. But the point being that they're right next to the kids section as well because they're both pride and tucking for folks who don't know. I mean, I was told not to be gross um, with my language in future. It's but- the it's the Ace Ventura thing of where you're you're hiding your male appendage to appear feminine. Have you ever been nine years old and, and done that thing that was funny? But then some people decided they would do it for their entire lives. I'm not going to ask what thing you're on about. You never did that when you were nine? I have no idea what you're talking about, Callum. Tucked it for a laugh. You're a weirdo. Anyway. <laughs> we'll go to the next thing here because we have the kids stuff in question. You can see here, pride toddler leggings for eight bucks there. I'm not, I'm not right. a big fan of leggings generally. Like I'm kind of... I think they look tacky. I'm not a fan of the whole thing that, that people wear leggings as trousers. Women. Yeah. Talking about, obviously. Um, a lot of it as well is obviously like female peacocking of where they are so transparent that it's just to court attention in public. I mean, the, the argument from the ladies who will do this will say, well, no, it feels comfortable. I'm just wearing it because of that and uh, our society just doesn't care at this point so I can get away okay, with it. Okay, so the tights and a skirt, but it doesn't mean that your bum crack's on display. Like, that's just, yeah. sorry, that's just true. But it's also just, I, I don't know, this is the Afghanistan in me. I'm, I really hate tight clothes now. Yeah, no, like, I'm on board. I'm I, on board. Just, just, haram, the lot of it. Yep. Male and female. Needs Mod- to go. Modesty is very attractive. But just also um, getting back to the question of why does your toddler need the leggings to be pride? Uh, yeah, we went over that. My ideology, that's why. Anyway, many a meme has been made about all this stuff. We have uh, the Target logo being changed to Tucket. There you are. New animation. So if you want to make some S-posts, it's there. Hassan Piker also, uh, sorry, Hassan Piker's nemesis made a visit. Sam Hyde, of course, turning mm. up to Target to um, hang out with the Pride stuff. So there we are. You've uh, got your new mascot, Target. I hope you're happy. Honestly, you should take a load of that to fish tank. Just make them wear <laughs> it. I don't know. And then Alex Stein turned up. Oh, dear. Which was going to be fun. You can see here, because he has no decency. Oh. <laughs> he decided to put on the tuck-friendly clothing. If, um, you're, if you're an audio listener, I envy you right now. He, he, he couldn't tuck it very well. I mean, I, I don't... But no, but no, man, no <laughs> man that wants to maintain the integrity of their testicles can. This is why man-spreading's a thing. It's just kind of uncomfortable to sit with your legs crossed or, or on your own. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's why it's something funny you can do once, but then, like... But it doesn't even tuck. That's the thing that I don't really get. I'm not actually sure what the tucking means here. Because you can see the big bulge. Good job, Alex. Anyway, but you can see him wearing this and then going out to the uh, staff as well, which what's really nice is obviously they have to sort of... Because it's the West, everyone has to pretend this is normal and this is okay. So you have these two normie women who are like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, you should go to the beach or something. You can see inside, they're just like, oh, what am I looking at? Yeah. Why is this freak here? I can't criticize that because I'll be fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them's just a customer as well, with the looks of it. Still, still getting, having to live the lie. But we'll move forward because obviously hideous. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> we'll go to the website because it, it's, it's more, way grosser than you think. So here's, here's the website. This is the Pride merch. Um, not the best reviews. The reviews are not from people on the right being like, why are you trying to tell kids they're gay? Uh, the reviews are actually mostly from presumably mothers who brought the products. Right. Don't okay. know why they brought the products. But even if because that, they've probably got borderline personality disorder. But even of that constituency that brought the products, they're all review bombing it because they're just like, these are terrible. Like the quality is awful. I mean, one of them even mentioned that you get an instant rash from wearing one of the skin suits. 
Oh, that's what you're worried about. Not basically sterilising your child. It's that they've got a slight skin disfigurement. But even like the most normie of normies is just like, this is... I mean, it's just... It's nice to see that it's also terrible quality. That... Sorry, like, this is just making me yeah, ill this, now. This, that this, skirt's yeah. translucent. Um, yeah, there's that. Uh, we'll get into who what designed this. What is wrong with you sick people? Oh. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is listed as a pride kids and baby clothing so not just for the kids who are totally can be trans the babies as well right the babies the babies are trans for example we have girl with mustache who is modeling over here a bikini is that ezra miller I, they're all sold out apparently <laughs> they were oh sold out the other day i think we had to use yeah we did we had to use a web archive link for this one because they've taken this specific one down this was up yesterday but the day it was gone so there's that they're, um... I, I, I want everyone involved in this in prison. I, um, I, that's it. This is obvious child abuse. What is... Sorry, but what is the difference between this The modelling, the designing, everything. Yeah, what is the difference between this and cuties? Nothing. Just that it's got a rainbow banner on it. You should all be in handcuffs immediately. I mean, nonce flicks and now nonce target. So, there we are. They, they say in here in the product description that the uh, bikini that's being modelled here by Girl with Mustache is, uh, has a light binding effect. In case you want your young girls to crush their tits uh there you are that's the product for you come down to target that's that's really the, the pitch they want to make to parents i mean i don't really know who's buying this i mean that's that's the question that's always confused me because any normal person would look at that and go no yeah but these people aren't normal uh, a little while ago i did go over some research that did say borderline personality disorder manic depressive disorder is overly representative in mothers who have trans children so they're just insane and projecting it onto their poor kids not to be too rude as well but i i have seen some graphs and graphs of mental illness in the united states and then they're broken down by um race and gender yes and uh white women are just, like 45 percent of them are ssris in the states just gonna say massive cultural shift in the u.s in a certain direction and at the same time the people with the biggest consumer spending have all become mentally ill, according to the US government. And also, the same company which gives them their medication also often supplies the trans medication. It's almost like there's a profit incentive here. I just feel like the United States might have a few, might have a few structural problems. Just, just not, not try to be too rude, but... You know, yeah, thanks for importing them. Throwing some stones. We'll get to the next one here because um, there's, there's more as well. You can see here, the Target then said, actually, we're removing the content from uh, some of our stores because... Why? didn't actually explain why. Well, they said violent confrontations with its workers, but that's what they always say. But they never pointed out, well, because it's immoral, because it's kind of pedo-ish, yeah. etc. None of those reasons were ever brought up as to, you know, we should probably get rid of that. So, anyway. But there's also the, um... Oh, sorry, I missed... No, no, I had to talk about that. We'll go to Vox, because Vox are mad about all of this as well. You can see this article. Target giving in to conservative pressure on pride is not a great sign. Now, you're, you're standing there saying you want to bind little girls' tits with clothing, sold a target for pride, and if the evil conservatives turn up and say, no, you want to try and convince everyone that they're in the wrong, not you. This is a weird sell. I mean, we've spoken about the weird hills the left will die on. I mean, this is really another one where I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing. I just look in the mirror for five minutes. Even Gavin Newsom fell for this. He's even more insane than Vox, somehow. He came out and gave a speech. I'm sorry, a statement. Where he says, wake up America, this doesn't stop here, you're black, you're Asian, you're Jewish, you're a woman, you're next. Again, sounds like a threat. What? Just They jump on the most reprehensible of grenades because it's all downstream but, from the same ideology. But can we get it up? It's, it's the next link here. But 
I mean, it's almost Alex Jones posting levels. Yeah. Where it's just like, they're, <laughs> they're taking our gay in close. What? <laughs> Wake up America. As if like, damn it, sheeple. Don't you know that we need to tuck our penises of our children? Again, the rhetorical dishonesty here. It's just like Tony Blair repositioning himself as a moderate despite being radical. He's saying CEO of Target, Brian Cornell, selling out the LGBTQ plus community to extremists is a real profile and coverage. The extremists are the ones that don't want children's developing breasts or genitals constricted. I, I, I can't even think of what the... the, the what clothing would you pick that is exclusively for black, Asians, or Jews? I don't know Let's what that answer line that means. question because <laughs> section 127. Yeah, but I don't really know what that means. It's just like, are you black, you Asian, you Jewish, you a woman, you're next. It's like, yeah, we're going to ban all women's clothing from clothing stores. Because, you know, that's that's not what the entire industry is based on or anything. Yeah. I, how high do you have to be to write crap like this? But there we are. Some Alex Jones posting. And the thing is, Alex Jones posting, he's actually sane. He's bombastic, but sane mm. when he writes about stuff. Um, Gavin Newsom, they're going to steal your women's clothes. Every, Damn conservatives. If, uh, also, just, just to put it this way, okay, if you really did live in a white supremacist society, then the shoe industry would go out of business overnight, so they're not going to chase away all their black customers. I don't know. I think women's shoes is definitely a white industry. Uh, yeah, but uh, Nike and the like. I mean, yeah. Foot Locker's demographic customer base disproportionately I mean they did have reparations and then their stock went up so <laughs> I just just say in California that happened anyway so we're going to target as well their stock they're doing well down 10% in a month good the thing is both of these campaigns have been lightning fast I, I'm impressed with the blitzkrieg that has taken place against both of them and very proud obviously who can't be and scalp by scalp was exactly the strategy that was called for by Matt Walsh and others mm -hmm. when everyone was theorizing, hang on a minute, maybe we could do something. We, we do have all the money after all mm. in terms of we're the ones that go to work. So there's that. We don't have the billionaires, but you know, to hell with them. What, what are you going to do? So why don't we just stop buying the crap and, well, two scalps taken. I'm excited to see the next one. I, I'm looking forward to it. But quick question, obviously, who would do this? Literally, who would do such a thing? Why would you design this? I mean, it is one thing for the, the morons at Target who are like, you know who I want to partner with? Someone who wants to make uh, tuck swimsuits. They, they do have a financial incentive to do so, because as we talked about before, they are being bankrolled by hedge funds as part of ESG and the Corporate Equality Index to feature pride marketing. So even if it's really off-putting, like I don't know if you've seen the North Face one as well, by any chance. No, I haven't. So North Face have hired a drag queen to go in hiking heels, just like Dylan Mulvaney. And they've done this for two years running now. And, yeah, the, the drag they queen is the, doing... That's your audience. Yeah. Drag queens. Yeah, dra dra drag queens for big puffy coats worn by roadmen in South East London. Um, but the, the point is, the reason that the advertising is so ubiquitously queer, as they would put it, is because they're scored according to the Corporate Equality Index's LGBT plus representation score. And if you get a high score, you get bankrolled by their partners, which is BlackRock. So, obviously, they're trying to subsidise how unpopular this is until all of the market are doing it at once and so you have no one else to buy from. There are the bug men in the company who will sell out our entire society yeah. because my stock go up. Well, not even stock go up, just I get more money. But checking out the individual responsible, Satanist, as you can see here. I, I, feel, I feel totally vindicated in all of my religious convictions. I mean, it is kind of hilarious, consistently, when, when the people opposing you keep saying, well, yes, I do worship Satan. I, I just, I mean, <laughs> if they believe in it, there must be something to it. I'm just going to say it. So we have it here that you can see there. 
Uh, you could argue that this is um, some edginess from someone who doesn't know what edge actually is, uh, this individual, but I uh, don't believe it. You can see there, there, the devil pin with the trans logo on it, which, oh God, <laughs> with, the, with the phrase Satan respects pronouns. Okay, so... It's also a pink ram. Slanesh it, belongs yeah. to our side of the political aisle. I was about to make that is, exact point. Is your, you're actually taking on Slanesh! <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, it doesn't end there either. This individual is um, excessive in the kind of stuff they make to claim Slanesh. The next one here is uh, Join My Gay Cult merch. Oh, that is, is um, such a self-report. Uh, yeah, a I, skeleton uh, draped in no, the rainbow. No, no, haha, it's ironic. Yes, much irony. Why, what do you not get? I'm being edgy. It's like it's not edgy. It's a skeleton. I can I can hear Fear <laughs> like, the Reaper playing in the back of my head right now. Are you tired of the heterosexual lifestyle? Does the idea of tradition bore you? Do you want to disappoint your parents? Why not try homosexuality? That's their writing, not whoa, mine. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Ten times fun and free to join. Right, okay, so it's not born this way. Interesting. Uh, like you could argue, okay, it's just funny meme, but it, the thing is, it's not funny. It's just kind of cringe. And members you can argue that's of the their kind of humor. But, members okay. of the gay cult are everywhere, and numbers are growing daily. So don't waste any more time joining my gay cult today. Huh. I mean, you said isn't it, that buddy. what the right thinks? Which uh, is why I'm selling this to kid. Okay, rem remember all those Christians that, that, that said that if you legalize same-sex marriage, society will fall apart, and people went, "Oh, you're just scaremongering." One before we go to the next one though, because there's more. Of course, there's more because this person is um, good fun. They have here testosterone for the self-made man, which um, what's in that vial? <laughs> I'm just not even going to. There's not much to say. It's just like, okay, you, you market yourself as the devil. I am, and and even your own arguments about what makes a man a man is now. No, no, no I'm not going to try. What's the point? We'll go forward. There's one more from them in which they uh, list off the binding doesn't make you less of a man, which is why I bind every day. What Hold as a on. local man? But why would? You're not. You're coming down binding later. Wait, but to the pub. Hold, hold on, but you're wearing a binder. Uh, wouldn't the argument be that binding would make you more of a man if you're a woman that wants to be a man because you're? So there's a, there's no logic. Uh, it's, this, this is no try. Yeah, why am I trying I just, to apply reason to unreason? I just, I just love how it's so illogical on the face of it. They just don't care. I suppose you can do that when you've got all the power. The last thing here that someone did notice is they also put up a load of art. One in which they portray themselves on a short as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Which oh was, really? Okay, well um, um, weird imagery that um, explains Drag Queen Story Hour. And the last thing here is pup treats, which they sell, which is the idea that you've got little pup tarts to give your little puppy that you're uh, having sex with I... in the puppy mask. Now, whatever. I'm not into whatever fetish you're into. That's fine. I don't care what you do in the your bedroom. Inquisition was no, I do, but well, I, I do. <laughs> I know. I don't I know want you to share a society the with these people. But I don't. I, I'm not interested. You want to do your your little things in your bedroom. But why? Why would you? collaborate with a pornographer to make content for kids I mean that's really where we're at now I'm sorry but like pornographer collabs can be funny when they're for adult platforms such as War Thunder which is a crap game I know what's going on to hell with them don't worry I'm, I'm well aware of the crap they're pulling but this was a funny move in which they partnered with uh, I believe this is a Russian porn star just so you could have her as a decal sitting on the bomb on your plane or tank which of course makes sense historical Big funny. I get the joke. But when is Kink.com's collaboration with Target coming exactly? I'm not joking. I'm, I'm calling for it. Because there's the, there's the root of the thing I don't really get. Which is, you're happy to collaborate and make any degenerate content, provided it's only for kids. Why is it every single time you're like, yeah, no, we are going to make a load of uh, Pride stuff and we're going to aim it at the kids. You wouldn't do a collaboration with Kink.com and then aim it at the kids because you know exactly what would happen and correctly so. They're also an LGBT-friendly platform. 
I, if you want to put it that way, but you're never going to do it because you know it's wrong. But for some reason, if I cover it in enough rainbows, you're like, yeah, let's do that. They're not the only people who are panicking. Shop owners talking there. There's also the Atlantic. I thought I'd just send this off just to enjoy that. So the Atlantic have written this article. Elon Musk has transformed Twitter into a right-wing alt-tech platform with things in common such as Trump, uh, Truth Social and Rumble. What, why? So, so The for, reason being it's got free speech. For audio listeners, that's a really confusing image because... So they've gone for the black and red, which is obviously the mid-century German decal. But it looks like they've made it into an elephant as well as a bird. But the elephant is the Democrat Party's logo. Um, uh, no, no, that's donkey. No, that is right. It's the GOP's. That's yeah. so, I'm, but it doesn't. It's not even a good elephant because what? So there's a trunk protruding out the top that looks I, like Shrek's ear. I don't think we have to worry about it too much because the but, the thing here is you can clearly see clearly see that it's sort of striking you whilst running away. Yeah, like you've got no power. It's gone. I mean, Michael Malice actually had this dead to rights when he responded to this thread in question, when he points out the panic from the corporate press as they're increasingly becoming excluded from the national conversation is hilarious to behold. TLDR, get effed, you're the enemy of the people. Yep. Now, the reason I've included that in this is because the same thing is happening with Bud and Target. And I expect, because this is going to become a trend, this will expand to more and more American companies. And that's why I say, do you really feel in control anymore? Like, the tide has actually significantly shifted, and now scalps are being taken. Maybe this wave stops somewhere. Maybe they try it on, I don't know, on soaps or something, and it fails, because, as you say, like, it's ubiquitous, people need soap. Well, it already, it already kind of happened with Gillette a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, they lost out as well. But either way, I don't think they are in control anymore. I think they're losing left, right, and center. And uh, I suppose I'll just end this off real quick with this link, pointing out that the person actually in charge of the Atlantic is a well-known propagandist, which is doubly funny as to why it's mm. not worth listening. I'll let you read it in your own time. It's all about a rock. But that's that. They're not in control anymore. Demonstrably so. And there are a number of victories to prove it. Move on to DeSantis. Yes, fantastic. So DeSantis has announced he's running for president, basically, to nobody's surprise, in a Twitter space with Elon Musk about two days ago now, and it didn't really go as planned. Bit of a damp squib, to use an English expression. Look, I like... Some of what DeSantis has done as a Florida governor, by all means, he seems to have been a rousing success. And other than flying to Israel to sign a hate speech deal, which indicates strange foreign policy priorities while a Florida governor, it seems that he earned his landslide re-election in November of 2022. But there's a charisma gap between himself and Trump. And I think that, one, this failure to launch has really highlighted it. And two, I fear that DeSantis has run prematurely because now he's going to waste a lot of goodwill with the base, the Trump base, that would have otherwise allowed him to be the 2028 continuity candidate. And I think it's worth exploring the launch and the subsequent bickering between the presumable Republican nominee incumbent, which is Donald Trump again, and DeSantis, who would otherwise have been a promising candidate, just wrong place, wrong time. So this was actually Casey DeSantis, his wife, had prematurely leaked that he was going to do the Twitter space before Elon Musk could announce it on Fox. So she jumped the gun a, a, a tiny bit and, and sucked the wind out of some of the excitement. Because if it was really going to be a, this big, out-of-the-blue debut thing, a couple of days ahead, kind of took the wind out of the sails. So we had to settle for second best, because obviously he was hosting with Elon Musk. And if we go over to this Vanity Fair article... Uh, Ron DeSantis will formally announce his 2024 bid with Elon Musk because apparently David Duke wasn't available. This is a real headline. Mr. Yeah. Levin over there, I don't think is trying anymore. No, I, I, again, to your point of the of the last end of the last segment, it's that corporate America 
has the reputation, it needs to have the reputation of a tobacco salesman, to steal a phrase from Michael Malice, who you cited. And I'm really glad they're just doing our job for us, because we don't really have to pick apart their articles. We can just read the obviously defamatory headlines and just let it speak for their own discrediting themselves. So that's wonderful. So we'll go on to this next piece, because the space didn't quite go as planned, because Twitter crashed. Yeah. Now, bear in mind Been about... There. yeah. Well, about three... I have an announcement to make. It's all crashed now. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> well, about three million people listened to Musk's Twitter space with the BBC journalists, so they've clearly got the infrastructure for a lot more. It was about 680 to 700,000 listeners peak before it originally crashed, then it dropped down to about 100,000, and then eventually when it got up to its peak again, it was 304,000. And the guy who was hosting it, who was the CEO of PayPal with Musk, had said this is the largest room gathered across the internet, and it's like, okay, you might have meant Twitter space, but that's not technically true. And also, at the same time, PlayStation were live-streaming and showcasing their new games, and they had 700,000 viewers. So it's just a, just a touch underwhelming. And so technical issues were not the only thing to, to beset DeSantis, but technical issues for DeSantis wasn't the only one that happened this week, because Tim Scott actually announced he's running for president. Um, Who? He's a senator from North Carolina. He did the Opportunity Zones under President Trump, which actually got some investment from companies in left-behind areas and helped upgrade them. So he seems like a nice enough guy. He's just an establishment Republican. I remember him giving a speech at some Trump event. Yeah. I remember his face. Yeah, he's he's very much like the Democrats are the real racists kind of platform. But, but that's the, going nowhere, is it? Yeah, no, because we're just bored of it now. And what is also going nowhere is his candidacy, because midway through his announcement, the mic cut out. I'm going to torture everyone with this really excruciating, embarrassing moment. Are strong, but our president is weak. America is not a nation. That's not an error on us. That's just what happened. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I mean, S happens. You yeah, know, no stranger to this, but but it's how you recover from it. Yeah, that's kind of true. So, so there was what you have a backup microphone at least, for an announcement this important. Or you do what Trump did when the lights went out, and when the lights went out, he made a joke out of it, saying, oh, it makes me look less orange. They, they were too bright anyway. And when they started coming back on, he got the entire crowd to chant, turn off the lights, mm. and they turned it off again. You you make a joke out of it. Tim Scott just sort of fumbles around, and it goes on way longer than what I just showed, tapping the microphone, looking awkwardly, trying to speak louder. And that's the energy of his Leadership. campaign. Yeah, uh, but the energy of the campaign you're emanating out is, I fell at the first hurdle, and I'm not going to get anywhere. And so he's probably going to earn a little bit of money from it. So are the donors, but his campaign is nothing. Well, it's, to be honest, this is true of every primary. There's like five people who stand who are just nowhere near going to win. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch that have jumped in the Republican race. We're going to name some later remember, on remember when we look at the polls. What was it? Chris Cuomo? No, not Chris Cuomo. Who was the really fat guy from New Jersey? Name Chris Christie. Again. Chris Christie. Yes. I think it was him. He was in the one against Trump. And he was just yes, like, what are you was. doing here? Yeah. What are you wasting your time? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So let's listen to some of DeSantis' Twitter space because the DeSantis crowd thought it was good. Um, it wasn't. And then they put out this video, which is just stock footage on a loop as well. And before we do play, I would like to point out that Ron DeSantis's speaking ability is not nearly as good as his policy. And the fact that it lacked a video component made it sound even less authentic and expressive. I'm going to torture you with some of this. Please press play, John. Well, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes. 
and we feel it in our bones. Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle-class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice. And we should choose a new direction, a path that will lead to American revitalization. We must restore sanity to our nation. This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing hardworking Americans out of a good standard of living through inflationary borrow print and spending policies. And please embrace American energy independence. This also means we can end it there, John, the before I fall asleep. With- Honestly, so look again. DeSantis has done plenty of good things, but that were actually lower energy than Jeb. To be honest, I think this is a problem with the platform because everything he said there is true. I've seen him give great speeches about yep. that stuff. That are much more high energy. And I imagine when he got the offer of like, oh, we can do a Twitter space with Elon Musk, you'll get three million views or mm. whatever it is, right? And that sounds tantalizing, and it, it, you know, on paper that sounds great. The real problem is Twitter spaces are really underwhelming and kind of suck. Yep. You ever join one with like some heroes of yours? You're like, oh, it'd be really cool to listen to them, and it's just like a crappy chat in a in a on a Zoom call. It's the audio quality is poor, and and even the, there, the delays between people yep. and all that, and all the other little problems that come with calls over the internet that just make things. Not fun. You could hear the other parties as well, whether it was Musk or the PayPal CEO hadn't muted his microphone, so occasionally there were background noises and peaking. DeSantis was obviously reading off a script, and the fact that DeSantis' team put out this video with random stock footage, which, one, makes it look like Musk is his VP, which is not possible because Musk wasn't born in the US, and it has almost more Musk footage than with Elon, and all of the footage they're using, like a rocket taking off or Musk using the flamethrower or dancing... It's more epic than the monotone droning that Ron has decided to do. I I think the optics on this were just terrible. And so I I understand there are probably more, you know, there's a large cohort of DeSantis supporters of our American audience as there are Trump supporters. I think it's fair to say that if you would prefer DeSantis as the nominee, it's perfectly fine to criticise this because if he's going to go up against Trump on the debate stage, his lunch is going to be eaten. And so if he hasn't had media training already... He clearly needs it. He clearly needs to boost his charisma and his confidence a little bit. He can do it with the media. Like We've seen yeah. him do it. Exactly. So I'm excited to see what happens when they do debate. But I think Trump is going to probably steamroll him unless he hits him from the right. And we will get on to how he can do that a bit shortly. But I just wanted to say that... So Matt Walsh recently said that people aren't going to vote for a friend. They want to vote for, a, for someone who can make good policy. And the problem is, no. Most people do vote for a friend. They vote for a guy they think they could have a beer with or they find funny. This is why Trump didn't win on the strength of his policy other than build the wall. He won on the strength of it was only Rosie O'Donnell and you're going to be in jail. That's what the epic rap battles of history parody didn't get. They tried to mischaracterize him as a a brutish, brash, super racist dude who was about to say the N-word. And it's like, no, his unpredictability and and his... Yeah, I'm going to go have a drink with that guy. (laughs) His don't care attitude was what got him in the first place and, and would have got him in 2020. But we can't talk about that. Yeah. So if we go over to this next one, even Biden got a hint on DeSantis for this. Yeah, these were funny memes. Yeah, and, and obviously it wasn't Biden, it was his handler. Uh, so Biden's Twitter account, not Biden himself, tweeted out, tweeted out, at least this link works with his donation page. Shame that your brain and bowels don't work, Joe, but there you go. Now, why has DeSantis done this if he doesn't seem particularly ready? And I would suggest if it's it's the next one. So the DeSantis team has since says... Now, this, was, this article came out yesterday. The census has since announced that he's got about $8 million in donation, not just the $1 million in an hour after the, after the space. But 
the majorly interesting thing that they put in here is that he's a favourite among GOP mega donors, and he's starting the race with a war chest of more than 110 million compared to the 85 million backed by the Trump campaign. So the establishment are backing DeSantis as one or more electoral uh, electable candidate, and two, someone they see who could probably compromise more with their vision versus Trump, who's an absolute maverick. I don't know how, how we want to use the word establishment, because, I mean, the Republican Party, I mean, I don't know. Right. Because they haven't even been to America, so not hang out with too many of these people, like the swamp rats yes. is what we used to call the establishment. And I don't know how much that's shifted, because at least the people that we've met that have been around DeSantis or a part of his team or whatever else, or the people who support him, none of them seem like bad guys. Well, Matt Gates was originally on his governor's race, so he was getting training from one of the leaders of the Freedom Caucus, who he was the only man who got up and said that Trump should be the Speaker of the House. So you would think he would be a more firebrand, but Gates has since left, and as we saw with his trips around the world, it seems that he may be genuflecting to some of the more war hawkish donors, and the moneyed interests are still deeply embedded with the Republican Party, hence why Ronald McDaniel remains the head of the RNC, hence why Kevin McCarthy became Speaker, even though he's capitulating more to some of the Freedom Caucus demands, and it's why Mitch McConnell has a universal unfavorability rating from the Republican Party, but he's always in the Senate. Like, they hold the purse strings. That's why Trump could be an outsider, because he came in with all his own money. And if DeSantis doesn't have that money, then he's more likely to compromise. And that's the I, concern. I can see the argument. Yeah, so it's a point Although of concern for me. I think Nikki Haley is also over there stealing money left, right, and center. Oh yeah, but she's a UN stooge, of course. Like she was Trump's uh, ambassador. I to just the would UN. have thought that would have been their stooge, like if they were going to pick someone. Yeah, but she's compared to DeSantis, she's a relative unknown. Like, don't get me wrong, no one has the brand recognition of Trump, but he's probably the second biggest rising star in the Republican Party right now. You, you mean in the sense of like the never Trump people, if they're going to pick someone? Yes, within the party. David French just endorsed Ron DeSantis, but that's kind of a death sentence, really for the Trump base, at the very least. So if we can go to the next one... <laughs> just do a round of tweets being like, I disavow all these people. Yeah, he's, well, he's, this is the thing, he's going to have to, but then he loses his money, right? Not great. So this is where the field is at right now, and Trump is leading more than double DeSantis's poll. So so this is over the last couple of months. Trump's at 53.9 uh, uh, at the moment, DeSantis is on 21.3. This is from Real Clear Politics. This is an aggregate of all of the current polls. And then you've got some of the other marginal names. So Ramaswani's in there, and I really like him as well on a policy level, but he's not gonna he's not gonna win, he's not gonna be president. But at least he's gonna be on the debate stage and raise some issues like ESGs to get it in the conversation. Chris Christie's back on there as well. No chance in hell. <laughs> yeah, Tim Scott's polling at 1.9%. And then the rest of them, I mean, Pence is at four percent, Haley's at four percent, Youngkin hasn't even declared he's at one percent, and Larry Elder, who I really admire, but I I don't know if he's running just for a VP pick or something but he's not going to be at one, so he's probably oh, not going to make the debate hilarious. stage. Oh, Larry Elder would be fantastic in government. It's just that he's not in a position to run for president. But the, yeah. v the VP can't do anything, but even just for like the VP position, like in case Trump dies, okay, fantastic. Yep. But also, you could turn around and be like, I actually, actually you know, actual black VP this time round, so, instead of you, Kamala. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would really like him to be the VP. I don't think he will be. I think it's going to be Carrie Lake. And a couple of reasons. One, she's a Trump loyalist. Two, she's just as good, if not better, with the media. Three, she might win over the suburban mum vote, which is one of the swing voters that apparently lost Trump the election 2020. And four, and there's something interesting going on here with the Electoral College map, with Florida and Texas getting an inflow from Democrat states, the number of Electoral College seats has actually reduced for the Democrat states and increased for Republican ones. So all Trump mm -hmm. needs to do is win Georgia, Arizona... 
Harry Carrie Lakes, and one other state, I think it's Pennsylvania or Michigan, and then he's got it. So it's an easier route to the White House this time. So if he picks someone who was popular in Arizona, we're saying nothing about Maricopa County, YouTube, then he might be able to swing at least one of those states over more quickly. So that would be a, that would be a sensible pick. The but DeSantis, if he would have held off, probably would have been the shoe in for VP. So I think he shot himself in the foot by even running in the first place. I don't know. They were already fighting to begin with before he made the announcement. A little bit, but that's because that's because Ron did not rule out running for VP. So Trump took that as a personal slight, and Trump seems to have been right. Who knows? I mean, these people have um, weird relationships. It seems mm. from afar, from what I hear, there's like a weird amount of sniping and stuff that goes on at that level. Backroom, definitely. It's just like, okay, cool, guys. Yeah. I don't really care. Like either one of you is going to be great for my interests. So just like you know, one of you win. Yeah. With it. Well, that's what that's what the Americans want. Um, obviously, as Brits, we'd like it to be entertaining, so I'm leaning slightly more towards Trump. But well, if- no, I think both of these guys also will help our interests. Yeah, very true. I mean, DeSantis was able to articulate the, the Anglo-American culture is what should make our special relationship actually special, rather than us being a dog's body. So I mean, that'd be nice. To be fair, literally anyone but the guy who loves the IRA would be better for our interests. <laughs> so... Valid point. Okay, um, moving on to the next one. So so Trump just decided to make the most of this and just mock his Twitter space. He also kept calling him Rob in other tweets, which, so, truths, sorry, not tweets. Uh, Michael Knowles described this as, you know when there's a guy whose girlfriend you like and you'll go up and you'll talk to her, like, hey, hey, Stephanie, how, how's uh, how's Mark? And she goes, oh, my, my boyfriend's actually Matt. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I hope he's doing okay. You know, so that sort of negging tactic. It's, it's kind of brutal. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> You've said it. Yeah, but Tr- Trump's been doing that. And he just says, I know, Ron, the way he handles announcement, he will handle the country. Oof. That seems to be the prevailing mood, at least from the Trump camp and a few people that were on the fence at the moment. If, if we also go to the next one, the Trump camp are also accusing Ron of plagiarizing the great American comeback slogan, because that's something he's been using a lot in his messaging. And Trump used that. I believe in his 2020 State of the Union address. Um, now, to be fair, it does point out in this article that it was used in a 2014 Politico essay as well, and obviously Trump possibly lifted Make America Great Again from Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. Maybe, who knows? Yeah, so so plagiarism may not be the best charge to hit him with, but fine. If he's looking like a derivative mini-Trump, and Trump's making the case, well, why would you have the second best thing when you could still have me, then that might be an argument that might persuade people. And if Ron wants to demarc himself from Trump, he should have stronger messaging than just using one of Trump's phrases. Not brilliant. If we go on to the next one as well, there's, well, this is Team Trump tweeting out the contrast between Trump rallies and Twitter spaces. And I did find this rather amusing. So if we can press play, please. We are uh, kind of melting the servers. I wouldn't even mind. That's not even Trump's like most packed out stadium, but it just looks majestic and there's clearly energy there versus the way that DeSantis do it. Now, I, I believe DeSantis could absolutely draw an impassioned crowd from Floridians. And I think that's actually why he's not going to win even his home state if it comes down to the primary. Because if, if you're a Floridian, right? If, I've spoken to many. They really don't want him to be president because they love him as governor. Exactly. So if you could vote, you'd vote for Trump presidency and to retain DeSantis. Because then once DeSantis has his... Both your interests are secured. His allotted number of terms done, then he could go be president again. That's why he should have waited. Silly. Very silly. But, I, you know, I don't know. So the people in Florida let us know. 
Yep. Um, if we go to the next one as well, Don Jr. decided to post the following WWE meme. Yeah. <laughs> Which Trump's got a good meme game. Always yeah, has. It's fantastic. And and look, Ron has solid policies, some of them, but he's not got the charisma, and the charisma gap is is pretty important. And then Trump took it very far by by posting this. Now we're not going to play it because of some bad language, because this is a family friendly show, believe it or not. You can go watch it in your own time. But Adolf Hitler and the devil over here. <laughs> yeah, so Trump decided to post a deep fake of a Twitter space with Elon Musk, DeSantis, announcing his presidency. George Soros, who couldn't... He, he boomered the audio like one of Carl's old streams. Uh, Klaus Schwab and mid-century German, who were shouting at each other in German because the devil accused them all of being gay. Dick Cheney, who just coughed throughout the entire thing. And then the FBI, who joined, asked how they were going to take down Trump, forgot it was an open mic, and then left. And then Trump comes in to say that uh, you can kiss my 2024 posterior and then leaves to Sam and Dave's hold on I'm coming and to be fair the 11 labs dub of all this is pretty good this is the former possibly future president of the United States and he's just calling everyone gay communists yeah that's great (laughs) like he's been doing this for ages it's 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 hilarious (laughs) yeah I this is the Trump we miss look frankly you would hope that Politics would have a, a slightly higher caliber in a better time with better men. But Trump is obviously successful. And from the outside, it's just really funny. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Americans, that discourse has gotten to this, but it's it's just hilarious to us. Now, if you want an example of how to do an ad, um, Trump's team released this straight after Santa's announcement. And if you wanted to go for the epic tone, this is much better. Let's press play, please. The Washington established politicians like to talk about how they can be just like Donald Trump. The truth? There's only one Donald Trump. Only one who gave us the largest tax cuts in history, who gave vets the health care they deserve, and stood up to China and protected your job. Only one who kept us out of endless wars while destroying our terrorist enemies. Only one who fundamentally changed the Supreme Court was called the most pro-life president in history and relentlessly protected our Second Amendment rights and our borders. Why would we ever settle for Trump imposters? Make America great again. When there's only one, starting day one, who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump and I approve this message. Like, that is how you do it. Like, if you're an American and you want to be super cheesy and patriotic, every trailer should be like a Michael Bay movie. And he did that. Return of the King is the message. Yes. And and something very clever there as well. So I, I saw someone suggest that DeSantis announcing on Twitter means he's pandering to the online right as much as the boomstream... Uh, m- there's a amalgam word. A mainstream boomer American right, which are the two core constituencies. And... Trump's team, whoever he has building those ads, puts the sources with the quotes underneath the claims, so it gives it an extra layer of legitimacy, and he often cites his enemies as well when they give him credence. So it makes it seem that it's undeniable, and he's got back, he's, 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 got, he's substantiating some of the things he says. Because one of the things you can hit Trump on is sometimes the man bloviates and sells himself up a little bit. But then if he's outsourcing to media praise, despite being hit on by the media at all times, it's an effective marketing strategy, politically. And then to turn around and have footage of DeSantis reading Make America Great Again to his own kids. It's like, don't know about low blow, but it's certainly effective if you're trying to sell that you're basically just a mini-me and you're never going to 
match up to the original. So, well done, Trump team, for that, at least. Now, here's here's something that is a thread here of some of Trump's policy announcements. I don't know if you've been watching these, because most people haven't, because he's been releasing them on Truth. And he's peppered a few things on Rumble. Shout out to Rumble, because you're a much better platform than YouTube. And this is a solid case, just summarising, including Trump's videos, most of his new agenda and his policy announcements so far. And I'm going to go through it, because this actually sounds really good. Well, we'll get on some criticisms of Trump shortly, because this is not just going to be a bum-kissing session, but, you know, he's promising to become masters of ballot harvesting, which is, of course, a perfectly legal practice, which ensured that Joe Biden became the most popular president in American history. So, you know, fantastic. Uh, he says his energy policy is just drill, baby, drill. So, again, going against Biden's energy policy, which has made America poor and cold. Revoking China's most favoured nation trade status and then tariffing them for intellectual property theft and currency deflation. So that's also good. You can have free trade, but until your enemies basically put you on a wartime footing, then you need uh, reciprocal standards, I think. He's going to ban enemy states, like China, from buying American farmland. I would also list BlackRock and Bill Gates on that while you're at it. He's going to give drug smugglers and human traffickers the death penalty to try and crack down on the border crisis for fentanyl and human smuggling. He's going to build 10 new freedom cities on federal land, and he's going to have a bidding war between developers for who presents the most cost-effective proposals. Now, I'm not a big fan of more cities, but at least he is trying to invest in infrastructure projects. Now, there'll probably be Democrat hellholes inside a generation, but trying to build new homes and centres of prosperity is at least better than the managed decline that the current American oligarchy are doing. He says that he's going to have a modernization and beautification campaign, so he's only going to commission beautiful buildings. So sort of classic architecture. That's nice, something aesthetic, something actually conservative for once. He's also promised flying cars, which I think is a bit of a stretch. Well, I mean, Joe Biden promised to cure cancer. I, I had the exact thing in my mind when I said that, uh -huh. yeah. But he said the Chinese are already working on it, so we might as well beat him to it. Now, I don't think America's going to look like Back to the Future anytime soon, but Trump does own a casino, so, you know, he might be good Biff instead. He's vowed to fire and have escorted from the building any federal employee who pushes DEI and CRT. And he's going to abolish teacher tenure throughout K-12 through because he's going to make the salaries and the job retention based on performance scoring and how patriotic your education system is, which is good. So you shouldn't get federal money for ideologically propagandizing kids into being queer or white guilt. That's a good thing. He's going to put a parental bill of rights on the federal level, which ensures universal school choice and lets school boards elect to fire anyone who isn't doing their job. That's brilliant. That, that goes far further than DeSantis has done in Florida as well. That, that's great. And then he says, at the end of the day, if we have pink-haired communists teaching our kids, we have a real problem. It's a direct quote. The man gets it. That's good. He also wants Hungarian-style baby bonuses to create a new American baby boom. So he wants the current generation to benefit from the same stuff as the boomers. Now, the debt ceiling and obviously the petrodollar being in decline means that that's going to be a lot more difficult. But again, if he increases oil production and maybe does something about the budget, I wouldn't hold my breath because Trump did increase the deficit, then the current generation, Gen Z and onwards, might be able to benefit from a second baby boom. And it's certainly better than mass importing a demographic that hate you and vote for your enemies. That seems encouraging. So I got some thoughts. Go for it. So these people are going to write stuff, whatever. Trump's unique in the, his promises he made. He actually did keep almost all of them, which was pretty fun. But the real thing that defines these two is I think they're governing. Hmm. And what did you do when you had that power? Yes. And the way I would describe both of them is you've got Trump as a true populist. Populist. He will actually do what is popular, which is great because, well, the public actually wants stuff that is based. Hmm. It will come to you and say, I want a big wall. Okay, we'll build the wall. Very simple. And 
when you come to DeSantis, you have some kind of ideological leader instead, where he's laid out why he's got these ideas, what he's going to achieve. This is why people love his policy so much, especially on the American right, who sit around and talk about how he's got that so right. And it's also why you get Trump occasionally doing, and I'm sure you're going to bring it up, George Floyd posting about how Floyd didn't deserve this and he jumps on the bandwagon yeah. because he's a true populist. He just does whatever will make him popular in the moment. And that's really useful and serves our interests, uh, in Britain at least. Um, the Americans have the debate about which one will serve their interests more, of course. It's not really our problem. But it's either one of those is great. What will probably happen, at least looking at the polls, is that obviously Trump's likely to win and then DeSantis uh, will have to step out. But the best of both worlds at which we could actually build is if Trump wins, DeSantis endorses Trump, sucks up to him a bit because that's all that really made us to Trump and it's easy to do, hmm. and then takes on DeSantis's ideas. And if it's if it's Ron that wins, I mean, I'm not discounting that he could, to be honest. I think a lot of people are looking at it and going, he's definitely dead. Maybe, maybe. But if he gets on that debate stage and actually destroys Trump, yes. then Trump's got a problem. Yeah. And, and DeSantis can actually hit Trump from the right. Now... Of course, I think there's also a benefit of that DeSantis understands the ideological problems he's fighting, but that also a lot of the legislation he's passing comes from a very conservative Republican legislature, state legislature in Florida and the advisors he has at the time, versus Trump can also think on his feet. And Trump can be easily misled because if he doesn't have those people surrounding him... Has been. Yes. Yeah. Kushner, Bolton, Exactly, yeah. So... so DeSantis knows how to pick people to surround him to get better legislation. Trump is more versatile, and so both have their benefits. If they combine their forces, I think it would be really, really good. But I'm saying that the current way they're fighting, like tr it's Trump, it's bad for everyone. Yeah, Trump, it's it's, it's going to be some of it because it's the primary. What do you expect? Trump just accused him of being a gay globalist in league with George Soros. I don't think there's much coming back from that. Yeah, unfortunate. If Trump does want a policy, Should we take a bet on who's going to call a pedophile who first. It's probably going to be Trump. Yeah, probably. probably, but then the no, he already did. He did already he? did imply it. Yeah, there was something. Someone put it in the comments, and we'll we'll read uh, it out well, later. I... But Trump Trump jumped on a bandwagon about DeSantis's high school calendar or something like that. It was it was really weird. It was like bad look. So don't do that again. Suggestions for the Trump camp. Um, if you want to subscribe to our website because we are demonetized on YouTube for five pounds a month, it helps us keep the lights on and, and the like. Uh, Trump should really, if he's going to do this baby boom thing, not invest in daycare because daycare is basically destroying all of civilization. It's making kids unable to ever form long-lasting relationships. It's alienating them from their parents. It's causing their blood cortisol to spike over a lifetime and causing major mental illness. It's bankrupting the country and it's generating generations of resent resentful feminists. Oh, and Biden also wants to sniff them while they're in the crash. So go and watch that two-hour discussion between myself and Josh and uh, blackpill yourself and raise your own kids and homeschool them. Happy trails. Anyway, on to the next one, please. Now, this is one of the reasons why I think Trump is actually probably the better pick than DeSantis at the moment, because DeSantis was recently invited on Fox. I think it was Trey Gowdy's show. And he was asked about what he would do with the current Ukraine-Russia settlement. And he spent most of the answer talking about how the military's gone woke. And as a serviceman, he knows that you need to drive up recruitment, which shouldn't be relevant if Americans aren't putting troops on the ground. Bad framing. And then pivots to, but we don't uh, want troops on the ground anyway. It, it, not just about that, but in the US military, they're not getting enough guys in. Yeah, no, I know regardless, that's true. Neither are we. Yeah. yeah, but it just seems like an irrelevant answer. And then, unfortunately, optically, it seems like, well, we need to stock our troops up in case they do. Wasn't the route to go down for the Republican base. And then he also says, I want to negotiate a settlement, but I'm not sure how yet. And it's like, okay, fair, complex issue, but it doesn't make me think you have command of the situation that you're going to be stepping into. 
Trump's answer is one of two things. I'll bomb the hell out of them or it'll be over in 24 hours. Well, let's listen to his answer. And I think this is actually really good. So press play, please. Calling Russia a gas station with a bunch of nuclear weapons or calling Putin, quote, authoritarian gas station attendant with some legacy of nuclear weapons from the old Soviet Union is exactly the kind of simple-minded thinking that has produced decades of failed diplomacy and ultimately war. And where is that war going? Those such as Mitt Romney and Ron DeSantis, very much alike, who insist on arrogantly treating Russia as deeply inferior to the other nations of the world, with no history or culture or pride, are not only ignorant and foolish, but their attitude makes it impossible to negotiate peace. Absolutely impossible. Under my administration, we were tough on Russia, tougher than any administration before. But we also demonstrated respect for Russia and the Russian people. We demonstrated understanding for Russian history and the fact that Russia lost over 20 million lives in World War II. They were fighting with us. This kind of neocon rhetoric mocking Russia's nuclear weapons, along with implying that Putin must be tried and presumably executed as a war criminal, only increases the chance of deadly nuclear escalation. Fundamentally, it shows a lack of depth, a lack of seriousness, and a lack of sophistication on the subtleties and complexities of foreign policy. You can't do certain things and end up with peace. This is not the time for an on-the-job training as we face the possibility of nuclear war. And our leaders, if you call them that, got us there. This is where we are. The word nuclear was never even mentioned during the Trump administration. Now it's being mentioned every hour of every day. We need a statesman and a peacemaker in the White House, not someone who recites mindless and recycled talking points to win the approval of the failed foreign policy establishment that didn't know what they were doing. In 2024, I am the only candidate who can prevent World War III. I will prevent World War III. There's nobody else that's going to do that. Thank you very much. The thing is, I actually believe him. I believe him because he understands the narrative potency of how other countries think about their own culture. Because you can't just sit there and denigrate Putin if he is a proud Russian dictator, essentially. Because if he believes himself to be one of Russia's great men of history, then one, annoying him is not going to cause peace. And two, one of the dumbest foreign policy decisions ever was the Americans to isolate and ostracize Russia when they have loads of the rare mineral resources that their enemy needs. So yeah, Russia may not be a great country. I wouldn't want to live in Russia or Ukraine. But making them a convenient ally is a smart thing to do. The Russian Federation isn't going to be a Western ally after the end of this war. No. But you've got two options. Do you want them to become so closed off from the West, it's in the same vein as the North Korean situation, where you have no impact and no hopes of changing anything? Or do you want them to be like Syria, where Mm. we're bringing them back into the global world, they've just rejoined, was it the Arab League, Mm. and now they're just, yeah, another one of those parts of the world that's a bit funny, but we're going to deal with them. And yeah, they've got some things we disagree on and we'll find some compromises. That's the reality of it. That's just the sensible thing you have to do. Especially because, look, if you want to chase them into bricks, you're going to commit suicide with the American petrodollar. And then if you try and double down on renewables to get yourself out of the petrodollar, even though they don't work yet and they're trillions of dollars for basically no battery storage capacity and you're going to have blackouts and no protection. But anyway, you need loads of minerals, which Russia and China have. I'm not saying deal with the Chinese, but at least you can 
like have an alliance of convenience with the Russians if you don't try and destroy their country and then say Ukraine is a bastion of democracy when it's just as corrupt. So Trump gets it, I think more than DeSantis does, frankly, on this issue. And then Trump decided to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. After Ron DeSantis's announcement, he decided to do a video on Ron DeSantis's COVID policy. And he said that... Oh, God. Did everyone shoot themselves in the foot? He said that Cuomo's was better. Yeah. Let's, let's play this, because it's just infuriating. When the Ron DeSanctimonious facts come out, you will see that he's better than most Democrat governors, but very average at best compared to Republican governors who have done a fantastic job. How about the fact that he had the third most deaths of any state having to do with the China virus or COVID? That's not just Even Cuomo did better. He was number four. He shut down everything, including the beaches. Other Republican governors didn't do that. They kept it open. It was their choice. I gave them all their choice. The Democrats blew it big. A lot of Republican governors did a fantastic job. And look at Disney and what a mess it is. Could have worked out an easy settlement, but no, he wanted to show the fake news how tough a guy he is. He's not. And the whole Disney thing is really very unfortunate. Now thousands and thousands of jobs are being stopped, and a lot of people are very upset about it. Thank you. Okay, so Trump has called for a federal national ban on child gender transition mutilation surgeries. And then he's turning around and saying, Disney, who cu currently sponsor that, pay for their employees' kids to have it done. Oh, going to war with them is bad because it's going to cost jobs. It's like, this is, this is not an economic war. This is not a 2008 Republican talking point. It's a moral war that DeSantis is right to do. So hitting him on that is just going to make you look like the leftward candidate. And also saying that Cuomo is better. Number one, Cuomo deliberately put COVID-positive patients in nursing homes. Number two, those death statistics are not adjusted for population. DeSantis did a good job. Not as good as Christy Nome, but a pretty solid job as governor. And so DeSantis and his team have realised you can basically hit Trump from the right on infidelity, increasing the national debt, not reforming social security entitlements, which are going to bankrupt the country. Endorsing the, George Floyd. The bump stock ban, yeah, uh, allowing Jared Kushner and Rick Grinnell to make American foreign policy whatever Israel wants, and also the global decriminalization of homosexuality, which is definitely a priority. Not issuing pardons for Julian Assange yeah. or Edward Snowden. Uh, or any of the January 6th protesters. Yeah. Uh, not failing to lock up Hillary Clinton. Not destroying the FBI, which he wants to do a Schedule F, but a little bit late at the moment. And then, the main one, they've put out a compilation of all the times Trump said, we did the right thing, we put the country under lockdown. Some very smart people told me to do this. Deborah Birch and Anthony Fauci. The same people who were deeply involved in covering up the COVID lab leak. And so this is the problem. This is this is why these two fighting, these two running against each other, is a bad and stupid idea because you've basically burned goodwill from the base from both sides. And they're just going to be irritated at each other permanently. And, and the right do have a reason to get their moral backs up because we've been so beaten down by the leftist establishment that we do want some core principles from our candidates. And to see... DeSantis possibly being compromised by the establishment and Trump not backing off from the bad points of his record, like contemplating having Bill Gates as a science advisor under COVID. It's just going to polarise the camps and make us really adversarial. And, and so this is why I'm saying like Trump is obviously the de facto nominee. But if he makes more needless attacks on DeSantis like this and DeSantis can show him up at the debates, as you said, he's going to die faster than someone with dirt on Hillary Clinton. So get your act together, lads, and, and save America and I think DeSantis probably should have waited till 2028.
Let's move on. So I found the issue. We're going to win, boys. Or at least this is going to be the point of discussion for the UK for as long as I can see it. Right. And uh, it's immigration, of course. We've gone over this a lot. And finally, the normies are waking up. Well, the Conservative Party started talking about it at the National Conservative Conference I was at. They were talking about how immigration is culturally and economically destroying Britain and how we need to have more babies. We couldn't say that about a year ago. But you can see it not only in, let's say, uh, reform or some, you know, edge cases. You can see the mainstream of the, even the Labour Party, never mind the Conservative Party, who are obviously sitting there crapping themselves. It's like, ah, crap, this is actually becoming a real issue we have to address again. Because everyone thought it was over when Brexit happened. And of course, it wasn't. It got way worse. We can see here just something on lowseas.com being the census data proves Britain is not a nation of immigrants, which is a great article pointing out just how recent all this is. And it's even more recent because we had more data since this article was published, obviously. You the next one here. Uh, so this was, I believe, last year's news, which is that 40% of all foreigners came in the last 10 years. So now 17.7% of the country is foreign-born, so that's amazing. That's 1% mm. increase. So it went from 16% of the country being foreign-born to 17%, 1% increase in one year. You can really see it in London, I will say. It's, it's going well. So we'll go to the next one here because we'll start off the story where the story begins, which is just before the data came out, Rishi Sunak promising, I will, I will try and keep them down. To what percentage? I don't know. I don't believe you. Waste of time. Trust me, bro. Yeah. All right. Someone in the background, just cut this and play almost heaven, West Virginia, as we just go through. Just, uh, here we go. Here's all your manifestos throughout every year when you said it would change. 1997, 2001, 2005. The next one here is just the other three manifestos. Sorry, four manifestos in which you promised things would change. I'll bring them down to tens of thousands. We'll bring it down. We'll get immigration under control. Trust me, bro. Well, yeah, they're certainly it controlling happen. it. They're just making it worse. And the last one here being reform, who are upset, rightfully. Pointing out. I uh, love that branding, by the way. Net zero immigration. Brilliant. Yeah. I, well I'm actually, like, I thought this was kind of a meme to begin with. People were like, oh, that's good for net zero immigration, am I right? No, it's not wrong. It's a really good political strategy mm. because the normies have been battered into believing just the word net zero means good. When, well, net zero immigration, good. But most, most people not, don't, though. Not perfect, but so it's good. Like, there's something, something that I can speak from my family. So they're only politically involved because I live with them. But... As one, one of the things my dad says, and he's a boiler engineer and he has a sort of old car, and he just said, I'm not politically engaged, but if they come from my car or my boiler, you'll see me out in the street. And so net zero is going to be another sticking point because it's basically just making people colder and poorer. So that... Sure, and, on that front, I can, to co I can see To co-op the phrase net zero and make it into something positive. Yeah. Great idea. But I think you can make it far more popular than obviously the net zero. How about we all be poor and freeze to death? Yep. Because that's, that's going nowhere, really. I mean, there's, there's people in the rich houses want their boilers. So uh, I don't buy it. They're, they're actually going to end up pushing that through for everyone. We'll get the next one here, though, because GB News interviewed some guy, and he's obviously like, well, no one believes it's 600,000 net, the new figure. Hmm. It's, it's, everyone was predicting a million net. Remember, like, what is it, like 300,000 people leave, including quite a lot of Brits. So the real figure is 1.2 mil, I think, inflow. And then the net is 600,000. So it's 600,000 even, something like that, actually. But we'll go to the next one because uh, there's a local man who was interviewed about what's happened. And he said, it's made this town dirty, violent. It's not getting better. Talking about the immigration. And um, some people were like, is he saying that these people are dirty because they're not like here? And no, he was talking about people not using the toilets. So they're just essing in the street in his area all of a sudden. Didn't used to happen. Not a great British tradition. No. You know, people used to have placards to say, you know, noncing kids, not very British. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, people are rape gangs, not very British. Not using the toilet. 
Not very British. I, I have seen it in Swindon around the corner from a certain building. Get the next one here, because it's a complete coincidence, but the biggest numbers of work visas are being handed out to Indians. Come on, Indian <laughs> bros, we all know. <laughs> like, we've all seen the Take the Poo with the Loo advert. The next one here being uh, study visas as well. Biggest increase among Indians. Just, just coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> Moving on. We'll get the next one, because, well, this is a big issue, obviously, as I've mentioned, and it has consistently been one. Even YouGov have to have missed this. Uh, YouGov just being, we, we send polls via email to the self-selected group of people who sign up for this which has always leaned left in every poll they've done by the looks of it. And even there, they've got vast majority of people being like, no, this is the biggest issue, not climate change. Yeah, Matt, Matt Goodwin's done a breakdown of polling from the last decade or so in his book, which we're going to be talking to him about next week. And again, in every single poll, overwhelmingly, it's immigration. But when I spoke to that Joe Phillips in the clip that we watched last week, the uniparty establishment just refused to acknowledge it as a mainstream issue because it looks bad for them. Well, it's just funny, the guy makes the point, he's like, we'll have COP20, whatever, or the, the, the royal family will go to this event and talk about climate change and stuff. And literally no one will talk about immigration, even yeah. though it's the biggest issue for the public in every poll. Like, that's, that's mad. Strange. And it's only going to get bigger. crisis. Because as you import huge amounts of people for the tiny island, that's already, I think, one of the most populated places on Earth for mm. density. I think England is like near India, almost, in terms of density. Because in India, at least they live in that one band. Like The South is pretty clear. So they've got low density in that regard, even though it's huge already, if you get my point. Yeah. But we'll move on. We'll get into the next one because most voters don't even know this is happening. This is the one bridge that needs to be uh, bridged between voters who, well, said they would vote for Doris Johnson, vote for Brexit. And if they're informed about what has happened with immigration figures since then, overwhelmingly, they say they wouldn't vote for Tories again. Yes. So an opposition needs to be given to them to vote for. Because otherwise, what's the point in politics? Uh, literally none. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the, the stat that you've mentioned before, and again, Matt Goodwin's found, is that six out of ten Boris voters have said they feel so disenfranchised they're just going to abstain from voting altogether at the next election. So 60% of the people who vote for Boris who were just sitting there waiting for the taking. And, well, you've got the issue for it. Because if you go to the next one here as well, uh, highlights for the year's record. So this is 2010. Man, it was 250,000. Highest on record in 2010. 2015, the government promised, trust us, bro, and we'll bring it down. He was uh, my MP as well. And then the BBC published an article warning that, well, if you vote to remain, some people have warned by 2030, net immigration could be 250,000. It's currently 600. <laughs> but by 2030, could be as bad as that. I really should be allowed to drink on this podcast. 2016, that warning. That it could get that bad by 2030. Savage Javit, of course, gave a speech afterwards when he got in government. And he said, so what? Trust me, bro. Trust me, I'll do something. It did nothing. And then 2020 being 500,000. And then this year being 600,000. Hey, great. Anyway, made a graph, a couple of graphs. We'll check out those graphs. This is the BBC's one, where they start it in the 1990s when something happens. Still looking to find out what. But of course, that's not the full story, because Britain's immigration goes on a lot longer and we have the data. So let's check out that. Now, I've given up trying to make this look professional, because they've given up being professional. Mm. So I don't care. But there you have it. Like, I've had to shift the graph in Photoshop twice now because the number is higher than the graph ever intended for this to go. So, something happened in the 1990s. Yeah, it sure did. I'm, I'm but sure, something also happened in the 2020s. Yeah, I'm sure Tom Harwood's going to get back to us after he's finished pondering his orb. Yeah. We'll check out the data because irregular immigration is what the government's calling it. Illegal aliens. I, I, I do I want to pump people. Who are Boat like, people. I don't want to use the term illegal earlier because it sounds bad. No, it, it literally is old. People tell me that, oh, that's an American phrase. It's not. 
No. If you go and check back the, the British um, legislation on illegal immigration, the earliest legislation we have refers to them as aliens mm. because they're alien to the island. It's almost mm. like this, the, the Americans got their culture from someone else. Who might it have been? Anyway, sorry, that's just a personal gripe. People, oh, it's an American term, don't use it. No, it's ours. Mm. They stole it, the bastard. <laughs> so this is the illegal aliens. 45K this year, mostly Muslims from millions of miles away. Reminder that by 2024, there's going to be more boat-faring insurgents arriving in Britain than men that stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. Yay! One funny point in here, though, because I, I was doing the numbers, because um, Daisy one of them, and I found there's over a thousand Indians that came via the boats. Now, you might call me rude, but I'm presuming that every single one of them is a child rapist, because why would you come illegally if you're Indian? Like, the biggest group that come here legally are Indian. Literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah. And if for some reason you can't do that system like the hundreds of thousands of other people in the queue... Well, Liz Truss was contemplating free movement with India to do a trade deal. Free movement with a country of over a billion people. What are you doing? Miss, Miss Patel wanted this, mm. you're saying. No, Truss. No, Truss. Truss proposed it. Uh, I would be surprised if Priti Patel wanted it. Because I'm pretty sure like, every Indian you meet is just like... I, 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 Close the border. Don't yeah. let them in. <laughs> because they want to. They want to retain what they've burned. Well, it's that, there's a funny meme in Indian culture. Is like everyone who's rich in India wants to get out. Yeah. It's just like because oh, it's yeah. too populated, especially if you live in that 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 graph there. If you live in the rich bits, fine. But anyway, moving on. The Ukrainians, because the Ukrainians are obviously getting the scapegoat of people being like, oh, it's the Ukrainians. That's the reason it's so high. So don't worry about it. It's not. It's a lie. You got a 600k net there. So we're 1.2 million. Remember. So we're dealing with, well, there were 230,000 visas issued to Ukrainians to come. Uh, not that many actually turned up, of course, because about 25% went somewhere else or went back to Ukraine. So it's much lower than that. It's under 200k actually arrived that we can verify because mm. you know, when you arrive, passport, visa, simple as. There are some speculations. People are like, oh, they'll return home though at some date. You know, I, I hate to burst the bubble, but we thought that about the guest workers in Germany. Not to be rude, I don't think they're going back. We go to the full data full in quotes from the government that's been released because uh, they don't actually give us much but they give us some outlines so I can tell you what's happening 113,000 people from Hong Kong mm. so yeah pretty big I mean if you wanted an immigration group you couldn't pick better yes on earth and and maybe if, Singapore if you wanted to pick a group which had justified reason to seek asylum specifically in Britain it would be Hong Kong because our politicians abandoned them to the Chinese and it would be great if we made the effort to try and get them their homeland back. But again, they're probably just going to be stuck here. We don't have the army to do it anymore, but instead we'll have them. But then the question comes, if you're going to let in 113,000 Hong Kongers, what numbers still exist? Yeah. So maybe you want to lower from the other sources? No, make it bigger. So they issued 3 million visas. About 1 million of these are tourist visas. You can expect most of these people are going to bugger off home when you're done. Some of them don't, obviously. We're not fools. We know that this is also a route of... Uh, breaking illegally, just overstay your visa, what they're going to do about it. So about 1.2 million of them are long-term visas. 200,000 Ukrainian, they're about, let's just say, 100,000 Hong Kongers, okay. So we're left with 900,000 people that are not inevitable, yeah, if you're going to argue that Ukraine and Hong Kong are inevitable. The pick-a-mix of the planet, yes. I don't... I mean, even without Ukraine and Hong Kong, we'd still be 800,000 over target. Yeah. Just, just no attempt has been made to even try. It's unbelievable. Well, line go up, Callum. Are you not aware that line go up? So here's, here's one of the big reasons as to why, presumably, which is the, you may remember the Tories introduced a points-based immigration system. And um, quite a lot of people, I, can't remember, I think Catherine Blakelock, I think was my the first person who alluded me to this, she was like, yeah, you know they have that in Australia because they want more immigration, right? 
So why are we doing it when we want less? Well, you could have done it well, which is, well, you set the points really high, yes. immigration lowers for a couple of years, and then maybe you need it back. Okay, then you lower it. If you don't want it, you keep it high. Yep. Simple as. Instead, the, the government went, let's make the barriers pretty low and then increase them if we need it. It's like, well, that's retarded. Yep. And this is the result. We'll go to the next one here. The uh, Tory immigration bill sets, uh, well, that you have to have a certain wage to come here. I don't know if it's the link before. Can we buy the link before? Sorry, I don't know if I'm getting my links wrong. There we are. So you have to have, if you click on the second image there, which is the, they say you have to have a wage and that wage has to be a minimum of £10.75 per hour to be a skilled worker because we only accept skilled workers anymore. None of that unskilled labour. We don't need that. Minimum wage. Yeah, that's minimum wage. Is, uh, let's go to the next link because minimum wage here, national living minimum wage in the UK for this year. 23 and over, £10.42. So there is 30 pence an hour difference between crayon-munching moron who has to do the bare minimum, that's why we call it the minimum wage, or at least that's the, th the well, reasoning for it. Or teenager on a starting salary. Well, we're going 23 and over. Oh, okay, right. There's, there's different numbers for teenagers, of course. And skilled worker from abroad who has knowledge beyond Britain's capabilities. In fact, he will bring us such wealth and glory, which is why we pay him... 33 pence more an hour. Yeah, we really are underpaying our doctors, lawyers, engineers, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, it's 600 quid a year. That's the big difference between skilled labour and basically scum, <laughs> according to the standards of uh, are you a minimum wage worker? This, this is the smallest amount you're allowed to pay someone in the UK. Okay. Okay. Like, you, th th this is the level, of course, like, the reason for the minimum wage is even if you're doing the most basic salary with no requirements other than are you alive... What should you pay that person mm. to ensure that they can still live? And then beautiful skilled worker who is basically the engineer of the universe. 33 pence. I mean, this is just embarrassing. We got the next one here because we have uh, GB News, of course. How uh, some people... Oh, on. this moron, yeah. No, it's actually good. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. Why do these people come on here? You can't just turn the tap off. It's called saying no. Now, I thought I had to consent to things. So why as a country can't we consent to who we let in? Can I can I point out for our audio listeners, this fella is the CEO and founder of Youth Vote UK. Right, so you have an incentive to basically rig the demographics of votes towards the parties you like. So people that arrive on the shore needing free things and young people who have been miseducated and think they need free university. So you're just a Labour Party activist destroying the country for your own power. Thanks. But it's also just the madness of all this. We spoke before about not only does it increase demand, but it destroys wages. I mean, yep. there's a reason. I mean, things are kind of screwed because of the inflation in this country anyway. So that's that's that. I mean, that minimum wage has increased 20% yep. in like, I think, a year. That's, that's good. That's healthy. That's normal. That's, that's because inflation is 25%. So you're still getting paid less whilst doing minimum, which is good fun, I'm sure. But I, I remember when I was on minimum wage and um, weren't fun, obviously. But then you can make the argument it's meant to be for when you have no qualifications, which yeah, I didn't. I did a load of rubbish jobs as a, as a teenager and was basically paid pennies and, and hated it, but it gave me an appreciation for what I didn't want to do in future. You know what would have been nice, though? Is if I wasn't competing with the rest of the planet for that job. Yeah. I think I might have been able to negotiate a pay raise with uh, the retail store I was working for. Yep. Because, well, now you have to hire me or no one. 
And instead, we'll import literally everyone. So then that also keeps wages down. That's what happened with the lorry drivers, level. wasn't it? When we had a lorry driver shortage, we didn't mass <laughs> import new lorry drivers. Instead, they just asked for more pay. The companies provided them more pay. And hey, presto, we solved the lorry driver shortage. People so, retrained. Uh, Reverend Simon Sideways, uh, great channel. He, he does a lot of stuff about lorries. I remember when that all went down and he was just like, I'm getting paid gangbusters. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. So as that. The jobs were fantastic, at least in terms of pay. As for Lily Triage, was another matter. But we'll go to Resmog because Resmog has a statement, though. Trust me, bro. We'll bring it down. Vote for us again. Yeah. I mean, I know he's got to say this because it's an MP. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? I disavow the Conservative Party, burn it to the ground. I mean, you should say that. But... Well, 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 basically, quite a few MPs were saying that at the last conference. So Publicly. I don't know, Mog. Maybe you should join Reform. But uh, yeah, no one's believed in this. Nigel Farage made a statement where he said Brexit has failed. Well, duh. Yeah, he's not wrong. Obviously, number one rule of Brexit will get out immigration. It'll be under our control. What have you? What have you done? What? What are you doing? It was. Yeah, what the it, hell have you done? It's like <laughs> it's like getting out of a marriage where your wife was hitting you and screaming at your kids, and then during the divorce proceedings, you've had to pay her half your stuff. That's what's happened. Bad. Your own lawyer has sold you out, basically. Nigel did give some interviews. This is where this photo was taken from. Where he kind of hints at coming back. No, that would be welcome. But mm -hmm. I am really pissed off that I that apparently is necessary, because. As much as there's a meme of Nigel Farage being like, right, that's it, I'm retiring now. All right, I'm back in the game. <laughs> like, yeah. like every three months. But yeah, I am so annoyed that the British right apparently can't get itself together without Nigel Farage turning up and being like, I, I will do this thing. But if you've got to do something before you die, um, helping fix the country would be, would be good. And you can do it, so do it, I suppose. Thank you, Nigel, I yep. suppose. So there we are. We'll go to the opinion polling as well, because... Looking at the polls, how to be solved this if we want to do politics. If we don't want to do politics, you know, join me after dark for my discussions that are not monitored by my five. But we'll go to the polling instead for where we can actually do things democratically. And as you can see, I hate to be rude. I hate to be that guy. It, it's just a fact of politics. Um, minor parties, well, it's tough. It's not cheap. It's really hard work. Everyone who's actually worked in politics knows how goddamn grueling it can be to go from minor party to even slightly noticed by the public. And reform is there. They're the only ones who are in opposition to the con party. The rest of them all agree with the con party on this. More immigration now. But they need stronger branding. That's that's also a point. I would like not got a shortage of criticisms yes. for them. But I, if I have to do something tomorrow, um, I'm one man, one vote. That's the vote. That's all I've got. It's it's not great. I, I'm not coming you with a pot of gold. I'll be honest. Mm. But it is the thing. And hey, they're not bad. They've at least actually got the right ideas. Which is, yeah, how about we don't be retarded for a day. Just a day. Just a day in government, could you believe? Maybe a week. Who knows? Dare to dream. But we'll go to the smartest man in the universe. Because what if we're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it up. <laughs> Here we are. Tom Harwood. Net immigration, 600k. Highest on record, but way lower than some had predicted. Nowhere near close to a million. I love how he's sitting there being like, Damn! I almost thought it was going to be a million. Things were going to be much better then, weren't they? But that, that's that's like saying, oh... Why can't you, I get a house? You, 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 lost, you lost your leg in an explosion, but at least you didn't die. It's like, okay, but but being an amputee is bad enough, please. Tom, Tom sympathy. Tom's sitting there being like, I love immigration. Why is my rent going up? But I love immigration. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, you're, you're a uh, fucking joke, mate. Jekyll and Hyde. We'll, we'll end this off with a Norma... Mm, just point he made that, that riled me in response to all this, which is he tweeted this crap out about what if we just concrete over a huge part of the country again? Only 1% of the UK, not asking for much. So he says here, he's talking about the fact that the density of Barcelona is such and such. So if you want to build that many houses, it would take up 
of the country. We just mm. have to concrete over. So we're going to turn, I don't know, Dickcott Parkway into Barcelona. That's yeah, no thanks. <laughs> another huge city. Great, love those. And um, if you scroll up on this, we can see his conversation in which someone is just like, well, go and live in Barcelona then. And yeah. he says, are you opposed to developing literally 1% of the country? For who, Tom? Yeah, let's... Literally, for who are we building this Barcelona? Let's not make a human beehive. Also, we're at sub-replacement birth rates. So I would like to have more kids, but they can filter through the housing system at a sustainable rate. And also, people aren't entitled to live here. I'm sorry to break it to you, but we are not the world's dumping ground. We, we don't have to destroy our culture, our heritage, our countryside just to pack it full of foreigners. We just don't. We, do, we don't have to do it. We can just say, no, no, thank you. We're okay. No, 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 no. It is, it is our patriotic duty to build heaven for the foreign world, not ourselves. I mean, this is actually one of the things that Ron DeSantis I really liked about when he was asked about foreign policy. And uh, someone was criticizing him, saying he thinks of foreign policy like he thinks about if he's running a state, as if he's like Florida governor, because mm -hmm. he's focused on the interests of Florida. Yeah. It's like, no, that's great. Yeah, like, if you run a country, better. the interests of the country are what fucking matter, the people mm -hmm. who live there. Not the entire other world. That's how you get involved in just random nonsense, such as, what if we build Barcelona for foreigners? I mean, I'm not, I'm not even sure what this point is. I mean... If Tom's going to endorse this, I don't know what he wouldn't endorse. Literally, I don't know, rob everyone and give all the money to Sudan. Maybe, maybe that would make the world a better place or something. But there we are. But my point being, the issue is immigration. It is going to be the issue that will win the day in terms of what are we going to discuss that actually makes a movement. And uh, yeah, let's go for it. I'm living for that. That's, if we've got one chance to actually do something, yeah, okay, we could probably win this one. Go video comments. The common mantra of defenders of established platforms is that if we don't like it, we should go and create our own. Uh, besides the technical and especially the monetary hurdles that need to be overcome, another one and often the killer for any alternative is the audience. The audience is extremely difficult to transfer and it's a killer for any alternative platform and decentralized solutions. That is why I think that instead of alternatives, the focus should be on creating novel solutions that create more than just alternative to existing problems. Was a word from our sponsors. Let's go to the next one. Flower Friday Times. So this is Penstemon centranthifolius, which is called the Scarlet Burglar. California penstemons that grow out in the wild are actually extremely drought tolerant, so you actually don't want to water them. This one grows to about three feet tall, and this is actually really rare. So it's amazing that I even found this in the wild where I live. Yeah, but how does it taste? Come on, I want to know. So in the next video. Callum talking about his crayon eating habit, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the crayons look so good and juicy. So do those flowers. <laughs> I worry. I worry about you. Uh, let's go to the written comments. So, um, Mr. Toms says, Celebrating a queer child is like putting one of those doggy sweaters on your pet and complimenting on its choice of apparel. The only difference is that the dog sweaters can be cute. The queer children deserve nothing but pity. Yeah. You remember there was the vegan dog? Yeah, in Good Morning Britain. People who don't know, they, they, this lady was on there for like 20 minutes being like, oh, my dog is vegan and he loves it and blah, blah, blah. And then without telling her, one of the interns came out with a, a bowl full of meat and a bowl full of vegetables and put them down. Mm. Obviously, it just like sat eating the, the meat. Yeah. And then the owner came up to line, try and take it away. And it just kept pushing back. Yeah. <laughs> like it was in an oasis. So someone online says, I'd be okay with banning women's clothing. They're all uncomfortable and cold and have no pockets. Is that, is that just the said. proposition that women would walk around? That's Haram. So in, in Transnistria, there's this uh, Where? supermarket. It's a fake country. Oh, is that the one that still thinks it's in the Soviet Union? Yeah. Right. So they still live like that. If you go in the supermarket, everyone's still dressed like it's the Soviet Union. 
which means the men and the women both have basically the same kind of worker uniforms. Right. It's not the best outcome, I'll be honest, but is, is it a fair price to pay to get rid of the leggings? Just just a nice summer dress, ladies. <laughs> we appreciate it. No. Uh, I just, I'm just sick of seeing leggings. Yeah. Put some clothes on. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the uh, DeSantis stuff. Uh, Alex Earl, personally, I think DeSantis should run not to win, but as a practice run. That way he can iron out any unforeseen hurdles for 2028. Don't forget, even Trump, Trump ran in 2000 and unofficially ran in 2012. Sure, but he didn't have a base to alienate. That's the problem. I mean, he's kind of right, though, but uh, I mean, the big one is, you know, don't do a Zoom call for the announcement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's also it. So if you want to learn what not to do, that was the... The first hurdle. Joan of Arc. Trump cannot call himself the most pro-life president in history while calling DeSantis' six-week abortion ban on par with most of Europe too extreme. Yeah, no, I totally agree. When he, after the midterms, some of his candidates didn't win, he blamed some campaigners for doing for being too hard on abortion after Roe v. Wade. It's like, no, 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 this is a moral issue. This is this is about conviction. Like you, again, you're going to annoy the Republican base and you're also wrong on this. So again, Trump absolutely has some failings. I'm just saying merely for DeSantis to run against Trump at this time is probably career suicide unless he can smack him on the debate stage. Um, Lord Nerevar, I flip-flopped on the Trump v. DeSantis question for a while, but I think this sort of proves to me that it's Trump's time. DeSantis and his team clearly had to put his campaign together quite hastily. The technology isn't there yet to get something like a Twitter launch going, a good, uh, as good as an idea as it was. DeSantis should step aside for the glorious orange, orange god emperor to step back into the job that is rightfully his. Yeah, that's very much Carl's argument of it has narrative staying power. None of that, well, some of that isn't, isn't true, though. Like, the Sanders team have plenty of time. We've, we've been chatting to people who have come and who have met the Sanders and worked mm -hmm. with this team, or even people who have met them, uh, uh, sorry, who are on it. And they, they've been talking about this for ages. Yeah, they've been months and months. They've yeah. been like, well, you know, if he's got to do it, he's got to do it now. That's their opinion. One of the, one of the problems with the Sanders team as well, and that'll be, and then we can move on to the last ones. Uh, when Tim Poole the other day turned around and said that Jazz Jennings is in Florida, and they're currently being abused by the parent, and it's the prominent example of a trans child who had surgery before they were 18. DeSantis, why haven't you done anything about it yet? And DeSantis's press yeah. officer said on Twitter, oh, what do you expect us to do? Everything? You're making unreasonable demands and things like that. It's like, right, okay, so you're rebuking people on your side. It's it's not good, you know? I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of that subject. Jazz, so Jazz Jennings's mother went on the show and said that that he would wake Jazz up in the middle of the night because Jazz had stopped dilating and stick the dilator in. I don't... Jazz Jennings is the the trans kid who has the I Am Jazz TV show. <sighs> yeah. So it's literal abuse that's being broadcast on television in Florida and nothing's been done about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they could make just a statement being like, we're going to destroy this. Yeah. Which would be the right thing to do. So, on the last stuff, Sophie P uh, Lev Peterson says, God, I love our current Danish model where we have decided we're full. <laughs> So for every Ukrainian we take, one Syrian has to go home, and uh, legit notice less to jabs. It's great. Yeah, I do find that funny. So the Syrian war's been over for two years, no one's left. Mm. Hmm. Curious. It's almost like it wasn't a refugee situation. The ones in Turkey have gone back. So we should keep them next door, not a million miles away. And Le French Beer says, Turns out to defeat Britain, all we has to do was encourage you to conquer India and Pakistan and then wait. Oh, the hell with you, you French... <laughs> Whatever, enjoy southern France. Oh, was that, how's that mission in Mali going? Yeah. All right, yeah, that's cope, but whatever. We're out of time. More more from us. Uh, gold tier Zoom call, 3.30. Enjoy the search function. In Yippee, have a good weekend. One hour. Um, otherwise, there is a website I have heard of, which, which has other content on it. More, more than a Zoom call. Who knows? Maybe you're watching it right... Uh, yeah, you're right. right. 
That's not the reference Stupid I thought outro. you were making after your first segment, Callum. No, kink.com. That's not one that I would recommend the content, but, you know, you do you, I suppose. Right, that's a weird sign-off. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye.